Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to the Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. A while ago, Franklin Graham, son of Billy Graham, spoke to a group of pastors about the tragedy that so many American pastors won't say one word against abortion or homosexuality. And Franklin Graham said, God hates cowards. And he quoted Revelation 21, where it says, cowards on the last day will be thrown into the lake of fire. Well, a liberal pro-gay pastor at where else, the Huffington Post, wrote an article entitled, Franklin Graham is the worst thing to happen to God in a while. <laughs> he was real upset that Billy Graham's son said that God hates anybody. That's our question today. Does God hate anybody? And you might think, well, what a stupid question. Of course God doesn't. First John chapter 4, God is love. Uh, John chapter 3, for God so loved the world. Of course God doesn't hate people. Well, let's, let's talk about this. We're going to see some verses that might throw you. I, I was with 10 Christian friends, and I asked them, does God hate anybody? Every single one of them said, well, no. God hates the sin, but he loves the sinner. And I said, then what do you do with Romans chapter 9, where God says, Jacob I have loved, Esau I have hated. Well, then I asked them, does God love the devil? And they said, well, Jesus said, love your enemies, so yes, God loves the devil. And I said, I don't think so. When Jesus said, love your enemies, he meant your human enemies. But, you know, I've never had anybody come up to me and say, oh, Pastor Tom, I love the devil so much. I hope I never hear that. So, um, Let's talk about this today. A very difficult question. Does God hate anybody? And before we get into this, let me say this. If somebody asked me, what do you think are the four most sinful cities in America? I would answer Las Vegas, San Francisco, New Orleans, and New York. Well, the last two of those, New Orleans in 2005, Hurricane Katrina, New York in 2001, 9-11, uh, both of those cities got hit. Does that mean that God hates New Orleans, hates New York City? Well, he sure hates some of the stuff that they're doing, but this is a difficult issue. So let's take a minute and pray for wisdom. Father, we want to pray that your Holy Spirit will teach us how to understand the scriptures on this delicate issue. Lord, we deserve your wrath in America for the direction we're going, but we know you do love us, but you hate sin, and we ask you to speak to us, and we ask you to turn our nation around. In Jesus' name, amen. Does God hate anyone? Well, let me share with you five thoughts. Number one, there is a part of me that I hate. It's called my flesh. It doesn't mean my physical fleshly body, but it means the flesh in the Bible means your evil human nature that you inherited from Adam and Eve, your sin nature. I hate that. 
And, and Paul the Apostle hated it himself. He says, I know there's nothing good that dwells in my flesh. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this, he said in Romans chapter 7. So that part of you that hates God and, and is always out to sin, it's good to hate that part of you. That's your flesh. It's trying to kill you. It's trying to kill your relationship with God. So you can hate your flesh. That's a good thing to do. You know, for instance, both my mom and dad died of brain tumors. Now, I love my mom and dad, but I watched both of them shrivel up to just these skinny skeletons. I hated their cancer and what it did to them. Same with God. God loves you, but he hates the cancer that's killing you. That evil nature you got from Adam and Eve, that sin nature that you've got, hate that. It's good to hate that because it's trying to kill you. Second thought of, does God hate anyone? God hates sin. Psalm 45 says, you, Lord, hate wickedness. And Christian, you hate it too. Psalm 97:10, the Lord loves those who hate evil. Psalm 101, David's, or the psalmist says, I will not set before my eyes anything that is base. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cleave to me. So Christian, there is one thing you can hate with all your heart, sin. Third thought on does God hate anyone? God loves sinners. 1 Timothy chapter 1, the saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. John chapter 3, God sent the Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. And this is the big one, Romans 5, 8. God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, um, a lady sent us a big check for this ministry to keep us on the air. And she wrote me and she says, uh, Pastor Tom, I haven't been in church for years because of my sin addiction. And just reading the email, I got the impression she thinks God hates her so she doesn't go to church. But she likes our TV show and sends us money. <laughs> and, and, I, and I communicated back to her, I said, because you have a sin addiction, go to church. Listen, if you have a, a sin struggle and who doesn't, does that mean God hates you? No. Uh, uh, he, he, if, if you're watching this program and you're a sinner and who isn't, listen to what David said. King David committed murder and adultery in 1000 BC. Did God still love him? God did because David wrote Psalm 51 after he sinned where it says, God, a broken and contrite heart, you will not despise. If you're sorry for your sin, you've got a broken heart over your sin, God doesn't hate you. He loves you. Next thought about does God hate anyone? Impenitent sinners are in trouble before God. And now we're going to get to the answer of today's question. Here's the answer. Listen to this verse. This might throw you. Psalm chapter 5, verse 4, King David writes, For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness. No evil dwells with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. Get this. You, Lord, hate all who do iniquity. You destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the man of bloodshed and deceit. But as for me, by your loving kindness, I will enter your house. So, from that verse... Uh, of Psalm chapter 5, does God hate anybody? The answer is yes. 
He hates people who have a hard, impenitent heart, who rebel against God and have no guilt about anything. Now, I know that sounds weird, but listen to this from Isaiah 66. For the Lord will execute judgment by fire and by his sword on all flesh. Those slain by the Lord will be many. Did you notice that? The Lord slays people. You know, so whether it be through Hurricane Katrina or through 9-11 or through mass famines or whatever, um, God does do these things to get our attention. And people say, well, how could a loving God do that to such good people? What good people? There are no good people. We're all sinners. We deserve worse than we get, not better. Back in 2005, when Hurricane Katrina hit, do you remember Daniel Shore, the news commentator, very liberal news commentator? Well, he went to go to work for, where else, National Public Radio, <laughs> and he didn't like the fact back then in 2005 that George Bush taught, said we should teach intelligent design alongside evolution in the schools. Here's what Daniel Shore wrote about Hurricane Katrina. On his 89th birthday, National Public Radio uh, news analyst Daniel Shore linked the devastation of Hurricane Katrina with the concept of intelligent design. And he said, quote, President Bush might well have reflected that if this was the result, the hurricane was the result of intelligent design, then the designer has something to answer for. Pastor John Piper wrote a response to Daniel Shore, and he said, No, Mr. Shore, you have something to answer for, not God. God answers to no man. Come, Daniel Shore, take your place with Job and answer your maker. Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. Where were you when I made the universe, says God? And, and, and John Piper goes on. Who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Shall the potter, pot say to the potter, This is an intelligent way to show your justice and your power. Come, maker of the universe, sit at my feet, for I am Daniel Shore and have lived 89 years and have gotten much wisdom. I will teach you, the eternal God, how to govern the universe. And John Piper says, No, rather let us put our hands on our mouth and weep, both for the perishing and for ourselves who will soon follow. Whatever judgment has fallen, it is we who deserve it, all of us, and whatever mercy is mingled with judgment in New Orleans, neither we nor they deserve it. Our guilt in the face of Katrina is not that we can't see the intelligent in God, intelligence in God's design, but that we can't see the arrogance in our own heart. God will always be guilty of high crimes for those who think they've committed none. God commits no crimes when he brings famine, flood, and pestilence on earth. Amos 3 says, does a disaster happen to a city unless the Lord has done it? And he closes uh, with this. No, Daniel Shore, God does not answer to us. We answer to him. And we only have one answer. We are guilty as charged. Every mouth is stopped and the whole world is accountable before God. There is only one hope to escape the flood of God's wrath. It's Christ at Calvary. People think it's terrible to believe like I do that God's in control of things like hurricanes and cancer. I want God in control of my tragedies and in control of national. I mean, who do you want to run their universe? The devil? Chance? But if God's in control of my cancer, that's a good thing. Then there's meaning and purpose in it. My dad went to church every Sunday, and he kept boxes of pornography in the garage my whole life until 
Dad got the word from the doctor, you have less than a year to live, and all the pornography was out of his, the house for the rest of his life. Uh, you know, I will tell you, um, we want God to run the universe. Next thought about does God hate anyone? David hated those who hate God. This comes from Psalm 139. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God, and that men of blood would depart from me, men who maliciously defy you, who lift themselves up against you for evil. Do I, David, not hate them that hate you, O Lord? Do I not loathe them that rise up against you? So, there is a kind of hatred we should have for God's enemies. Now, I know that sounds weird because Jesus said, Love your enemies. So what's going on here? <laughs> well, if you believe like I do that the Bible is totally inspired and that it doesn't contradict itself, you've got to think these kind of things through. Okay, so how do you put all that together? Well, here's my answer. Here we go. Does God love sinners? Yes. He loves sinners so much, he went to the cross to suffer and die to get these sinners out of hell. He has a huge, immense, unfathomable love for sinners. And however, if you hate God or just plain ignore God and you're not sorry about any of your sins, you are in trouble with God. You are looking at eternal punishment and, and I would just encourage you, if that's you, run to Christ, turn to Christ, turn off the TV right now, get on your knees and say, God, forgive my sins. Jesus, come into my heart and save my soul. God loves sinners, but if you're hard-hearted and you refuse to repent, you're in eternal trouble. You know, let me just close with this. I was on jury duty a while ago, and I wasn't picked, hallelujah, <laughs> but you sit in the courtroom and you're, uh, you're there with the other potential jurors. I went down to downtown Minneapolis, a dark oak-paneled courtroom. The judge is there, the uh, prosecuting attorney, the defense attorney. Here was the young man who pulled the gun on the policeman. And I'm sitting there, and then the lawyers ask you personal questions to see if they want you on the jury. I'm sitting there waiting to be questioned. It was scary in that courtroom. I mean, I wasn't even on trial, but there was just a heaviness in that courtroom. And you know what I thought? What will judgment day be like on the last day when each of us is brought into God's courtroom for our sins? And you know then what I thought? I am so glad I have a good attorney. Here's what I think is going to happen. On the last day, everything goes up in smoke. You are led into God's courtroom. The word devil means the accuser. The devil comes in and he starts accusing you of all your sins. And he's right. And Satan lists all your sins before God the Father. And you're guilty. And when it's all done and you're shaking in your boots, your defense attorney stands up. His name is Jesus Christ. And he says, Father, I want to remind you, all those sins are true. However, you remember, 2,000 years ago, I went to Calvary. I paid for all the sins that this sinner's ever committed. His sin debt's already paid. His sentence has already been served. So, Father, on the basis of Calvary, I ask you for a favorable verdict. And God the Father looks at you and he says, Not guilty. Next. And you're forgiven of your sins and you go into heaven. This is called justification by grace alone. <laughs> um, does God hate anyone? 
Well, if you're sorry for your sins, you're coming to Christ, God doesn't hate you, He loves you. Now go to church and receive the forgiveness of God and know that He loves you. But if you've got a hard heart toward God, you don't have sins, you don't care, then you're in trouble and I beg you to run to Christ. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of Scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with Him. Pastor Brock, how can you say God hates some people when the Bible says God is love? God is love, and He makes His reign his fall on the just and the unjust, according to the Bible. But Jackie, you've got those few verses where it talks about God hating people. And so there is this general overwhelming love that God has for all creation, but for people who turn their back on God, spit at Him, and we've all done that, but who continue in that their whole life, those are the people that are under God's wrath. Okay, but you have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, we can grieve the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm, yes. But Christ took on the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. Yes. So how does Jesus fit into the equation? Yeah. You know, some people think, and this is not accurate, God the Father is mad at us, so Jesus pays for our, our sins so God the Father can like us again. That's not the way it works. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, God the Holy Spirit are all three grieved by our sin, but all three love us deeply. Again, there's one God and three persons, but uh, it's not like God the Father is mad at us. God's anger came from the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but God's love also comes from the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God saves us from his own wrath by dying on the cross in our place. So he pays, we owe the sin debt, but God pays the sin debt for us on the cross. And Jackie, one more thing. It gets a little tricky. God the Father did not die on the cross. Right. God the Son died on the cross. So if there's only one God, but still in the Godhead are three distinct persons. All doing their own thing. Yeah, all doing their one thing together. Yeah. Okay. So are you saying we should hate ourselves? Jackie, there's part of me that I hate. And that's a good, I mean, Jackie, when I sin against God, or when I sin against you and I feel bad about it, um, I think that's okay. Yeah, you can overdo it. But Paul says in Romans 7, uh, I know nothing good dwells in me that in my flesh, that is in my flesh. O wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So Paul hated his sin nature, and I think, it, I think it's good for us to hate sin. Yeah. Particularly our own. Yeah. I mean, I think it, we're quick to judge other people when we're just as guilty Indeed. of the probably even worse than sometimes. Yeah. I don't want people to hate themselves in the sense that they're always kicking, kicking themselves for their guilt. But, you know, I, I, and we need to forgive. Our, God forgives us when we ask his forgiveness through Christ. And then we need to forgive ourselves and move on and not beat ourselves up. But that part of me that shows up every day that hates God, I need to bop that thing on the head every day. Okay, so do, do you believe that God is sending the hurricanes and the tornadoes, the terrorists? Yeah. Are, are, aren't these things really um, from the devil or nature? Or? I think they're from God, Jackie. And again, I'm quoting, what was it, Amos? Here's the verse. Does a disaster happen to a city unless the Lord has done it? And Jackie, I got in a terrible car accident years ago. I should be dead. If you would have seen my car, it looked like an accordion. 
The only place that wasn't smashed was my little seat. Did God do that? Well, why not? He sure got my attention. <laughs> and so, you know, I, again, I want God in control of my tragedies, tragedies, not the devil, not chance. I want God ruling the universe, and he does. Do you think people get angry that God puts these things in front yes, of us? Yes, and so do I. Like, God, what are you doing here? But, you know, he's bigger than our anger. And just because we get mad at him doesn't mean God wasn't behind it. Anger and madness is okay, but hate is wrong? Yeah. Okay. I mean, the, the Old Testament disciples got, uh, apostle, uh, excuse me, prophets sometimes got mad at God saying, God, how come the evil people are running things? I mean, I get, that's the way I feel right now in America. God, how come the wrong people are in control right now, you know? I know, that's a big question yeah. because there are so many people that are frustrated with some of the things that are happening yeah. and you wonder why God has allowed why it. Why do we have now gay marriage in so many states and abortion everywhere? You know, how come the evil people are ruling things? <laughs> so, Tom, I know we've talked about this before, but what exactly will happen on Judgment Day? Well, the best place to read for that, the most thorough description of Judgment Day is Romans chapter 2. I encourage you to, to read your Bible tonight. Turn to Romans chapter 2. And on Judgment Day, every person stands before God, and God renders them according to what they have done. We're not saved by good works. We're saved by God's grace alone, by Christ on the cross. But your life will show whether you really believed in Christ or not. And God will look at that. And according to 1 Corinthians 3, that's the other chapter, Romans 2 and 1 Corinthians 3, there are two Christians on Judgment Day. They both go to heaven because they had Christ, but one goes into heaven with great rewards. The other goes in, but barely. He kind of goes smoking in uh, because he did not live for Christ like he should have. So Romans 3, excuse me, Romans 2, 1 Corinthians 3. So... Pastor Brock, should Christians fear Judgment Day? Uh, I'll quote now 1 Corinthians 5. Paul the Apostle writes, For we must all stand, and he's writing to Christians, For we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to receive according to what each one has done in the body, whether good or bad. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. So Jackie, here's I think the way it works. I know because of Christ my sins are forgiven. The promise of the Bible is, I'm going to heaven. I know that for sure. But I still have to go through Judgment Day. Will I be whistling Dixie on Judgment Day? I doubt it! <laughs> but, I, but I know the final verdict, hallelujah. Okay. Yeah. And that's the thing that some people just don't know, right? Yeah, I know. I wouldn't, want, and I wouldn't want to go through life like some Christians who, boy, I hope I'm good enough to get to heaven. The answer is, you're not good enough to get to heaven. Christ on the cross gets you to heaven. Trust him. Yeah. Well, you know, now, David hated God's enemies. So are we to do that? You know... There's a lot of people out there yeah, in that you meet in the workplace yeah. or There's in a sense in what we're supposed to love our enemies, and there's a sense in, in, uh, in which we are to hate them. And this is where it gets confusing, but I think, Jackie, the best I can tell you is we can hate what they do. We can hate with all of our hearts what I do when I sin and what you do when you... We can hate what we do. We are to love our enemies to hope that God will bring them around before they die and just show them the love of Christ. So we love our enemies, but it's okay to hate what our enemies are doing? Doing. And, and I will tell you, though, again, where it gets confusing, in the Bible, it also... David says, God, don't I hate those that hate you? as if that's a good thing, and it's in the Bible. So there's a proper hatred, I suppose, we have even of God's enemies. Yeah. Okay, Pastor Brock, 
three minutes left. Three minutes Keep left. preaching, Jackie. Well, <laughs> let's talk a little bit more about this love-hate type thing yeah. then. I mean, we seem to be in a holding pattern with the way the world is going. One minute we're loving something, the next minute we're told not to love that. Mm -hmm. um, how does this all work with the biblical principles of love and hate? Well, you know, I, I think, does God love us? Yes. Does God hate sinners? We just saw that there were a few verses that says God hates sinners. So I think, again, the, I think the key is, what kind of sinner? Are we talking about a hard-hearted and penitent sinner who hates God and is never going to turn around? There's a sense in which God hates that person because they land in the lake of fire in the book of Revelation. But here's a second kind of sinner who sins and he's sorry. He comes to Christ. God, I believe you died on the cross. Forgive me. Wash me clean. That's a sinner that God loves. So I think it kind of depends on what kind of sinner you're talking about. Pastor Brock, how do you love someone that you know is doing wrong though. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I look at the Christians that are being persecuted, mm. the Muslims and what they have done in that, how does a Christian reconcile saying you're going to love that? Oh, well, Jesus on the cross said to his enemies, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And, and in Acts chapter, is it eight? When Stephen was stoned, he says, Father, do not hold this sin against them. So I think God gives you the Holy Spirit and the supernatural power to love people when you have to have it. I think that's the best I can say. The Holy Spirit will give you the grace to love these people that are being so evil. What do you do when it's a person that's in authority over you? I mean, you've talked about political figures yes. who are doing yeah. things that are awful. and. How do you... You know, Jackie, I get overwhelmed by how pro-abortion, pro-gay, pro-pornography America is now. Some, and I get overwhelmed, and I have to just reread Psalm 37 about fret not because of these people, and then I have to get on my knees and pray for them. So uh, I think you get on your knees and you pray for the grace to, to love these people. Okay. Tom, if people are watching us today yep. for the first time, why don't you give them a little background sure. about where this ministry has I will do that. come from and where it's going? Yeah. Hi, everybody. You know, we have been on the air in Minneapolis 25 years. Now we've had the money come in, so we're on nationally on uh, Dish Network and DirecTV. We're also on in Rochester, Minnesota, and we're just adding a station in Wichita because people have been giving. And if, if God would lead you to pray for our ministry, please do. We thought we'd be off the air by now, but God uh, bless you givers. Uh, we're still on the air. How about our website? And yes, go to pastorstudy.org, two, two S's, pastorstudy.org. You can watch our TV shows for free there. If God nudges you to help our ministry, the address is there. You'll see the address in a minute. But God bless you. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you again next time. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. <laughs>